City folks always asking questions. Always gotta know everything. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Part of Our Scaredage. I am one of your master of scaremonies, Adam Clark, <laughs> and I am joined as always by... Oh, I got nothing. Sarah Chamberlain. There we go. <laughs> I got nothing that good. <laughs> I may or may not have stolen that from an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I, I am so shocked. <laughs> and I, I also was like, I'm as soon as you said that, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised he... They took him over 30 episodes to pull that out. <laughs> it was technically already taken. <laughs> Another one of my favorite Crypt Keeper jokes is where he's a stand-up comedian and he's bombing. And he, he goes, how about that Ernest Hemingway always shooting his mouth off? Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, I did not remember that joke in Tales from the Crypt. No, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's dark even by Crypt Keeper standards. Exactly. As listeners may have guessed, I may or may not be spending a lot of quarantine watching marathons of Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> that's like uh, we have we've all got our quarantine quirk, and mine is rewatching the entire series like the entire run of long running horror series Ooh. in like two or three days <laughs> oh what have you watched i've gone through all the leprechauns uh-huh. i've gone through all of the saws and i'm currently going through all of the final destinations <laughs> <laughs> and next on the list is nightmare on elm street <laughs> See, oh very nice there's other ones that like i mean i've seen I watch all the Halloweens and Friday the 13th pretty much every year during Halloween. I'm watching like, or during October, I'm watching like quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and Saw, I I used to watch religiously and now it's been like a few years since I've really sat down and watched them. So that's what drove that one. But the Leprechauns and Final Destinations I've neglected for a long time. So I'm really glad to have gone through them again. <laughs> yes, they they uh, they need their due. And it's perfect that you're watching essentially all the fantasy-themed murders <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. with Final Destination, Leprechaun, and coming up, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I suppose Saw gets a little fantastical, too, though it's always supposed <laughs> to be rooted in reality. Right. Yeah, no, and that that's what's great, too, is like... Um, Final Destination has always been one of my favorite series and it's like and there's so many reasons why like partly because it's amazing to me that they managed to go five movies without ever once changing the plot all they do is change the deaths yes (laughs) it's literally and especially watching them within two or three days I'm like oh my god like every single movie is the the big opening where something happened the premonition mm-hmm. where they then, spent all their money where they spent all their money <laughs> and then it goes into all of the people trying to find each other where the main person is going we have to stop this next one oh too late we have to stop this next one oh too late and that mm-hmm. happens for the whole movie until the end in every single one of them <laughs> there's um, there's two in particular of that series that i love i love the one and i think it's final destination too but you'll have to forgive me when myself and my friend juanita decided to marathon these movies i had only seen the first one sorry that uh, buzzing i don't know if you can hear it but that's my dryer just letting me know six times that it's done oh fair <laughs> enough wow you're you, who needs horror movies when you got a house full of crazy quirks you're in the amityville house now yep 
uh i had only seen the first one uh i had seen it when it just showed up on on cable and i enjoyed it well enough but i i was never tempted to watch more i was never i was all surprised that there's like oh they're still making final destinations <laughs> so myself and my friend Juanita decided to marathon the series out of order <laughs> because oh only God. a handful of them were on netflix it would take us a little while to download the others nice so we just watched them like in a randomized order and <laughs> probably didn't affect you much <laughs> no there was very little continuity except in one movie where it's very important that you saw the first movie otherwise the ending doesn't make a whole lot of sense yes i think that's the fifth one is that the final final destination so yeah, far because they finally well number four is called the final destination and then number five is called final destination five <laughs> yes <laughs> which is great <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh wait, we don't know just back to the numbers i guess <laughs> yes it's, well it's trying to tell you it's like this is the ultimate final destination but i guess it's not because uh <laughs> we five. made another one after that but uh, don't worry about that if exactly. if there can be a final friday of friday 13th part four they can make five others <laughs> <laughs> while i was into it um or while i'm doing Six it i'm others. like looking stuff up too and um I found out a couple interesting things. One is that just in March this year, mm -hmm. so a couple months ago, they stopped production of number six because of COVID. So it's happening. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think that the crew members are dying one by one in mysterious ways? <laughs> it's not a mystery. It's COVID. <laughs> I'm joking. That's horrible. I'm cut that out. Um, but apparently... It's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently this one is... Well, you know, because what we all love, a reboot, and ah. it's a, a reimagining even, because it's supposed to be about all first responders and how they react to death. And I'm like, that seems like not a Final Destination movie, but okay, let's see where this goes. But how do you reboot Final Destination? Because they're all disconnected. Re exactly. You know, they're essentially all reboots of each other. It's like sort of pointless. And up until number four now, I still have to watch number five. We'll probably watch it tonight. But... Uh, I just finished four last night, and it up until then the only one they seem to reference is the original. Like even in number four, they're like ten years ago on flight one eighty, blah blah blah, and it's like they don't ever even mention two or three. Like they just stick no. to referencing the first one. <laughs> no one's ever like, hey, that spooky carnival ride. <laughs> uh, well, I've seen. Uh, I know I've seen two, and I know I've seen uh, the the one with the pool sucker. But yeah, that's four. Four is the worst one by far. But doesn't it, four doesn't four end with them going on flight one eighty or one eighty one or whatever it is? No. Okay, if that's if that's five, I think it's five. I barely spoilers. remember five. <laughs> uh, I've seen it. But I but I enjoyed I enjoyed that. I was like, oh, that's a great ending and a perfect ending to this series for them to start to to end at the beginning. And it's right. like, oh, that's cool. That's a really smart move. I don't remember that, and I'll have to watch and see if. That's what happens. The only other thing I remember uh, about the Final Destination movies, or like the part that I enjoyed, is that, and I think this is part two, everything is like wrapped up in a neat little bow, and it's like, huh, looks like we managed to save uh, some people this time, and uh, everything's going to work out. And uh, they're having a barbecue, and like the barbecue explodes yes. in the background. <laughs> and the kid with it, and the, it's, it's such a great ending. <laughs> I think it's number three. Because <laughs> yes, that one's I, so much fun. Um and that's the one that has the intro is, um, okay, so the first one is the plane. The second one is the highway, which is the best one. Uh, the third one is the carnival. And then the fourth one is the, uh, is the race. It's like a, a speedway race. It's awful. 
And then the fifth one is a bridge. Okay, all I was going to say is that... I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. The best part to me is... Oh, yeah. And number two, what you were saying about the, the thing blowing up at the end, the barbecue. I find that one to be super fun because it, it's it peaked at number two because it's like it didn't take itself very seriously. And it does get kind of serious at the end, but then that's how they end it. And it's so stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's amazing. <laughs> and then the, the kid's arm lands right on the mom's plate and she just screams and that's the end. I'm like, I know, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> and what was best is that we actually ended with that one for a marathon. <laughs> so it was the perfect note. The perfect note. Oh my God, that's great. Okay, um, um, I do have to say one more thing about it though, just because I was fascinated to learn this, and I was, and I immediately thought of you. I wondered if you knew uh-huh. um, that the first Final Destination movie was actually written originally to be an X Files episode. That's right. I was about to mention. I have the script if you ever want to read it. I do. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, because Death slash Tony Todd uh, is essentially just Mulder <laughs> in the script asking questions. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, and it's so cool that like. I didn't realize that James Wong was the director of the first Final Destination movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess he saw some potential there. But that's so cool because it definitely like it feels like it could be an X Files episode. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's a perfect X Files premise. Yeah, and uh, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, but it just goes to show you that if you steal that away from the X Files as they did because it was submitted as an X Files script, you can make <laughs> millions of dollars. <laughs> exactly and one thing that i really love about them up until number four which is it's one of those movies like my bloody valentine 3d it's filmed for 3d and it's painful to watch because every death scene isn't good anymore it's just like this weird like a pole shooting at the screen and stuff like yeah um but up until then, they were really adamant about making all the deaths like really good practical effects, and those opening sequences were really high budget and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony Todd said something interesting where he was like, "Yeah, it's going to get harder to make these movies because when you can make something like Annabelle, where it's just like it costs nothing at all, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> exciting that happens. It's all suspense, right? Like, and then that movie is, you know, a blockbuster why are they going to spend millions on showing like cars explode right yeah it's going to be the accidents are going to be so much more low-key where it's like a kid almost gets a paper cut and this interferes <laughs> with death's plan exactly <laughs> if only we had decided to watch final destination for this podcast <laughs> oh man but instead we watched a movie that was chosen solely because of the poster <laughs> You know, sometimes you can, really great things can happen because of that. Yes. And then sometimes they do not. No, because at no point, as the poster promises us, is there anybody in like a chicken costume, like wielding a knife? (laughs) Which is what I was really expecting from this and was like hoping it was like, if nothing else, there's that. But spoilers, that does not happen at any point in the movie, nor is there a chicken costume, nor a single chicken to be seen. (laughs) Is there truly not even a single chicken in this movie? No, no. This would be Gonzo the Muppet's least favorite movie because there are no chickens. (laughs) Oh, man. And like, not only does that part not happen, but nothing happens. I mean, like the poster should have just been snow. (laughs) Yeah, if the poster was just an empty house and the tagline was, you'll never guess what happens here. Less than nothing. 
then then that would have been the most accurate thing. Sometimes nothing is scariest of all. And then it's like, hmm. It's the rare movie where the tagline is just an ampersand. Or not an ampersand, an ellipsis. <laughs> just, eh, you know, <laughs> or they're just in a house. A, just a question mark. Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is, the slogan for the movie is, maybe it's a movie. <laughs> Oh, oh boy man. so you can tell how enthusiastic we are about this one right off the bat <laughs> yes yes although uh you were excited because uh, as as this movie opens there is a text crawl that says in the indian legends of north america there exists a creature called a wendigo not a wendigo for some reason i always thought it was a wendigo uh, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> but, but a wendigo a ghost who lives on human flesh sarah what do you know? You're my when to go to person for this. What 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 is a Wendigo? <laughs> That's good. A Wendigo is a very Canadian urban legend, I guess. What do you call them? An urban legend? <laughs> sure, or folklore, or folklore, folk tale. Yeah, like it's... Uh, is it is it exclusive to Canada? Is 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 the Wendigo a Canadian thing? I did not know that. No, I don't think so. But it's like it's <laughs> definitely. <laughs> You know, I'm going to look that up right now because that's right, because I've always considered it to be Canadian, but there's a lot of like, um, I, it's like, it's Aboriginal in origin. And um, yeah, let's see here, you know, it's a, it's a mythological creature, evil spirit from the folklore of the First Nations Algonquin tribes based in the northern forests of Nova Scotia. So oh, yeah, it's ours. It is Just ours. like Yeti. It's, it's, it's the East Coast Yeti. Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Oh, no. Sorry. You got cut off and I got scared that I got cut off. No, no, no. I, you're still with me. You're still with me. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it's an East Coast. And area. you heard All that right. it's ours. <laughs> yes. I can, yeah, I can which respect is, that. Which is amazing. Or it's like, no, it's not a Yeti, but it's like the Yeti is ours, isn't it? Because like there's Bigfoot, which is American, and then the Yeti is ours. Oh, I think that's true. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew more about the the Yeti, but I just know about the Rio Yeti. That's the only Yeti I know. <laughs> Apparently, the Wendigo is also, you know, known for Wisconsin, but I'm going to say that it's ours. Yeah, um, they stole it. Yeah. The lousy Wisconsinites. <laughs> Always stealing stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the Wendigo is interpreted in so many different amazing ways, but it's always like, it's always this thing that kind of drives you mad. Um, it always makes... It, it it usually involves some kind of cannibalism, um, okay. yep. And it's the kind of thing that like you can you can make really good stories off of it about people being out in the wilderness and kind of going mad and like you know I I even like to connect movies like Ravenous and stuff to like Wendigo mm -hmm. um, lore because like it's got a lot like it's pretty heavy handed in that way. So there's there's so many good things out there for. It. I was so excited because. All the different interpretations of Wendigos I've seen, I usually am pretty open-minded about liking how they're interpreted and stuff like that. I think it's pretty cool. This movie, I don't even know if there was an interpretation. They say it at the beginning. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a guy in a room. It's just, a, and it's like, by just a guy, <laughs> like literally just like a doughy guy in like a basement. <laughs> Who is just kind of shows up once or twice, and and I know that there's there's you know because uh, I guess to get into the movie there's the titular ghost keeper who is keeping the the lodge that our three heroes wander into, uh, and she has two sons, and one son is a Wendigo, but the two sons look so identical because they're just like 
tall doughy guys uh that even though it's cr- the wendigo is credited to another actor but i'm convinced it's just the same actor because they're never in the same shot exactly like, i think they and were just cheap they're so hard to differentiate like <laughs> and on the wendigo scale in terms of when to go to when to know uh uh like how close is this to like what you expect from a wendigo story because like i don't <laughs> know really anything about wendigo stories other than there's a furry white creature named wendigo that fought wolverine once and i had that comic as a kid you really don't eh? that's crazy well you seem yeah. like pet cemetery and you've seen like all those anthology i'm pretty sure the x-files has a wendigo episode too they might i've i've forgotten oh, it's, it's in the dim resources of my mind yeah because uh, like to me like this i i will say flat out like no like unless there's something i'm missing i, I will say i'm not like a expert in the in the category I will say that this movie had absolutely nothing to do with it. There's a small hint at the end of, like, you know, some mind fuckery, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, not much of a Wendigo story, but that is what we have here. I guess that's the difference between the regional difference between a Wendigo and a Windigo, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know what? What I'm talking about is a Wendigo. Maybe this is the exact representation of a Windigo, and I just never heard of it. Yes, I'm, I'm just looking it up on Wikipedia here. The Windigo is a creature uh, that is known only to be filmed in Canada, resulting in the most boring movie you will ever watch in your lifetime. <laughs> oh, that clears that up. If only I had known that beforehand. <laughs> well, I guess we'll get things started off here with a, uh, a bit of a CanCon checklist. We now know that it doesn't pass the Wendigo test, uh, but it does qualify as Canadian content, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, because director Jim Makachuk hails from Swan River, Manitoba, and he would also write for such Canadian shot shows as Highlander and CBC's The Odyssey. And star Reva Spire from Montreal uh, previously appeared in Cronenberg. Uh, sorry, in Cronenberg's Rabbit. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's the lady who gets the nose job. Mm, okay, but I could be wrong. And most importantly, the legend. The absolute legend who is with us throughout, who indeed makes this movie palatable, is not a Wendigo, but a friendigo to all of us. And it's none other than Paul Zaza, a musician extraordinaire who scored all four Prom Night movies, as well as Curtains and Porky's and Porky's 2 and God knows what else. He's, he's just a, he's, he's a Canadian workaholic. <laughs> yeah, he's never someone that I have to be like... Man, I wish Paul Zaza did more stuff. Although I always do wish that. It's also like, no, this man worked hard. He made mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Yes, I, I just wish he did more more good stuff. That's very true. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I love the score for My Bloody Valentine. That's good stuff. But like, how about some more good stuff? How about fewer, fewer ghost keepers? <laughs> fewer prom night threes and fours? I know, like, what is up with that? Why are, why are all these people getting their hands on Zaza and not hmm. the... Uh... Canadians, we just love to work. (laughs) Probably because we have to. (laughs) But Sarah, that's our CanCon checklist. What what happened? What happened in Ghost Keeper? Lord, God, Adam, I cannot believe you're tasking me with this right now. (laughs) Well, this could be the shortest summary ever, because I guess to reveal something up front. 
is that one of the reasons I was curious to see this movie was a note on uh, either IMDb or Wikipedia or both that said, oh, they ran out of money, so they couldn't film the entire script. And I thought that would make the movie really interesting. (laughs) I was wrong. Because it turns out they, they just, they clearly had more script but the way they they made the movie ninety minutes is that they just left le- left the camera running and left scenes unedited. So you just have if you if you see a character go from one room to the other, you see a character walk from one room to the other. Walk like in a in a way that no human has walked before. Like they are. Oh, yes, they, they walk stop, backwards. They look. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people do that. <laughs> But no, like they're walking, they stop, they look at something, they stop and like wipe something off the bottom of their shirt, they keep walking, <laughs> they stop for a minute. Oh yeah, if anybody around, has an back. itch on their nose, <laughs> the filmmakers are here to catch it. <laughs> it's insane. And it's like, okay, so we went into this with that, with you knowing that. Um, and, and hey, disclaimer, I love l capital l capital o v e i love slow movies it's like mm-hmm. my the creme de la creme of good horror to me is like i love sitting down even if like especially if it's long like a good three hour slow burn where the only exciting thing that happens is in the last five minutes i'm all for <laughs> that <laughs> wait um, how many movies does that describe i don't know all the thai west movies <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyways, if done right, like this, like, I, I think a great, like isolation snow movie where they're all like, you know, cause it's kind of a Canadian answer to the shining, but not at all, um, <laughs> but they're in a snowy place and they end up in this big building and stuff and they're isolated in there. That can be done right. But this was like, we were like, okay, so they didn't get to finish the whole script. And I'd say within 10 minutes, you, you can get a sense of that. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. again, every, it's weird because I, th- I that's the, um, I think, uh, weird conflict in the movie is that I think what we get is well shot. Like, I think the movie actually looks good. Um, it's just that it, it's not edited. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it feels like every single bit of film they shot, we have. Right, exactly. And that's true. Like, it doesn't, it's not badly filmed whatsoever. Um, no not at all as in like the quality and stuff yeah but it's like it definitely feels like there was absolutely no concept of editing in this movie whatsoever yeah and this this is one of those movies where it's like if you watch it on your computer and you put your um your program to play the movie at double speed you wouldn't miss anything (laughs) like (laughs) because most of the movie is like characters walking around and the camera not moving that's very true (laughs) It's really interesting here because I pulled up my notes and I, it says ghost keeper. And then underneath <laughs> it, the first note is color out of space. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. <laughs> this tells you how interesting the movie was. I was clearly somewhere else. <laughs> it's like there's just pictures of Nick Cage drawn with hearts around them. <laughs> exactly. See, my first note is uh, just about our lead character's names. We have Jenny, who is like, our, our, our final girl. We have Marty, who is uh, her annoying boyfriend. And we have Chrissy, who is the only note that I have for her is annoying girl. 
Yeah, see, you know what? I didn't. I just write them all as like the blonde, the boyfriend, the annoying one, and then I just <laughs> wait for you to say all their names. <laughs> well, you got them. You've got Jenny. She's she's our dark-haired, troubled lead. It's sort of like a really crappy version of Let's Scare Jessica to Death. We've got like <laughs> Marty, her her eternally unfaithful boyfriend, and we've got Chrissy, the most annoying, like the person who you meet at a party and like desperately want to leave the party upon meeting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, let me just check my audacity. Okay, we're good. Um, yeah, and that's like that's them the whole time. This is the summary of their personalities. Jenny who, like you said, a really crappy version of Let's Scare Jessica to Death, that only happens in the last, like, ten minutes. Is like she gets this kind of, like, v- side of herself that becomes kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so we, we start the movie with a bunch of snowmobilers heading along, like, an open plane, narrow, celebrating. Uh, we learn later that they're supposed to be at a big New Year's party, but they're just out for the day. And it's, like, it kind of opens, like, a even more Canadian version of rabid, which is already pretty Canadian. We yeah. love our, our, I mean, instead of being a bunch of people on a, on a motorcycle on the freeway, it's a bunch of people on snowmobiles. Although there is no fun accident to liven things up. <laughs> right. Which I was really expecting because we've got Chrissy on one snowmobile and then Marty and Jenny on the other snowmobile. And, Jenny, our, our final girl, is very cautious, and she's like, guys, it's getting late, it's getting cold, This there's a big sign that says, don't go this way, let's just go back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and there's, a, there's a skeleton with his hand pointing backwards, trying to let us know that we have to leave. Yeah, um, there's a big Grim Reaper that says, abandon hope, all you who enter here, but they press on. <laughs> And they only press on because Chrissy is like, come on, guys, let's go. Blah, blah, blah. What are you scared? She instantly sets herself up to be like the annoying man stealer girlfriend character mm-hmm. um, because Marty's checking her out and he's like, yeah, come on, let's go, baby. And uh, Jenny has to kind of forcibly be go, go along because she's just a passenger on his on a snowmobile. Mm-hmm. Is it after or before this that they find the I think it's before it, actually, that they're at the like little how yeah, they're, they're at the, the general hut. store first thing. Right. And they just basically Marty and Chrissy annoy the general storekeeper. Exactly. <laughs> and and Jenny is nice to him and, and he gives her some tea or some hot coffee or something. And you think it might be relevant in some way, but it's absolutely not. Like, I thought that guy would play a part later. <laughs> no, although there is an interesting tie to The Shining. I remember we were watching it <laughs> that you brought up. That I brought up? Yes. Man, I'm always saying good things. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was it? Oh, well, it's that uh, essentially the the shopkeeper shows up for some reason. It's almost as though he senses that Jenny's in danger. So he starts walking up towards the deer lodge uh, <laughs> yeah. where the film takes place. And he instantly gets stabbed, just like Scatman Crothers. <laughs> right. I forgot that that even happened. Yeah, it's like three quarters through the movie. He He suddenly decides to go check out this abandoned hotel. And he gets stabbed the second he walks in. <laughs> I remembered because it was a thing that happened, which is a rare occurrence in Ghost Keeper. <laughs> and there's a couple moments where it's like, um, I kept think I kept saying to you, like, this is totally the Canadian Shining. Like, that's what they're trying to do here. And then when that happened, I was like, okay, I'm done. This is this is it. This is the Canadian <laughs> Shining. <laughs> it's the best we could do on a tax shelter dollars. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So they. 
they annoy the shopkeep. He gives her some tea or whatever, and then they leave, and then they go on that that trip. So they get to the they get to this clearing where there's this huge old overlook hotel. This hotel overlooking the snow, and <laughs> um, it's abandoned. And they're uh, Chrissy's snowmobile breaks down or gets stuck in the snow or something, so they can't they can't get out. So they're like, oh, it's getting late. We may as well go into this big abandoned building to hold up for the night. And they go in, they have like kind of this inkling feeling that someone's in there. The heat's on, I believe, but they're like, oh yeah, they're like, oh, it's warm in here, but there's no one around. And they just kind of don't bother going and checking. They just go into a room and start hanging out and getting drunk. (laughs) Yes. And playing a game of never have I ever or whatever, uh, where I guess that's the name of the game. Never have I ever or whatever. And uh, Chrissy reveals that she, uh, it's like, I've always wanted to make someone pay for sex. So when I was 16, I got my teacher to feel me up. And I said, if you want more, you're going to have to give me a hundred dollars. <laughs> and then he was like, all I have is $40. And then she was like, good enough. I'll take it. <laughs> and then they had sex three times or something. She says, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, okay, Again, offers 40 bucks. Just the most obnoxious <laughs> character. <laughs> exactly. Because she's saying all this to seduce Marty and, um, Jenny's right there, like, and then, you know, the two of them are practically waggling tongues at each other at this point. Jenny's just standing there like, uh, guys. (laughs) Um, So then they go in and and they do a bit of exploring. Like, I think uh, Marty finds a can of peaches. And um, And that's like the only food that he finds. (laughs) But like everything's pristine. It's like the it's like the place has been kept up all this time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly oh and, and like we didn't really say but it's like because it's really going to feel like we're speeding through this story but the part where we're at right now is about 20 minutes in <laughs> yeah the whole first 20 minutes was just like i think there was a solid 15 minutes of snowmobiling <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, and, uh, it was that's very true <laughs> it was pretty i will say that it was it was beautifully filmed but <laughs> it was very long <laughs> and um chrissy's playing the piano and, and she starts singing oh god oh, oh my god yes it's just the three of them stuck in a room and she decides now is the time for me to sing <laughs> or he or he starts singing and then she's playing the piano and sings like i don't know it's it's ridiculous well that's just it there's a scene where she starts singing by herself and i remember thinking to myself it's like well at least that's over and hopefully we'll never be revisited by another song again by her off-key voice but then marty starts singing in a later scene in the scene where she reveals that she's had sex with the teacher and she joins them and it just oh man they they like sing a song with like funny improvised lyrics and boy does it suck I am Francisco Bandido. I steal them and rob them and rape them and screw them and then I peace out the window. You're terrible. It's brutal. And we just have to sit there and watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's at that moment I was thinking, it's like, oh, we could be watching Scanners 3 again right now. Why aren't we just doing that? Exactly. Oh, don't tempt me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then, you know, there's some jump scares. Like, I think Jenny finds a closet, and then she finds a cat, and then she finds a closet with a cat in it. Like, it's mm-hmm. just kind of exactly what you would expect. And it got my hopes up, because I thought, oh, this will be a cat movie, but the cat is never seen again. No, I don't think they ever show the cat again. I know. <laughs> they hear something or something happens and they end up finding this rabid old lady who's been living in there. (laughs) Yeah. She jump scares Marty. (laughs) She jump scares Marty. (laughs) He, and she is, she's been living in here and she calls herself like the, the housekeeper or whatever. And they don't really believe her, but what are they going to do? They eat some sandwiches. I think she makes them some sandwiches, (laughs) (laughs) which was really nice. (laughs) It's like one of the more exciting parts of the movie is where all the characters sit down and eat sandwiches. But this mysterious old woman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But this mysterious old woman is the titular ghost keeper. Right. She is the ghost keeper. She's a housekeeper. She's a guy in the basement keeper. I don't know about the ghost part, but that's, you know, she, <laughs> that is the title. So, <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder is like, is the guy in the basement supposed to be undead? I guess he is, but what? But what exactly? <laughs> um, so we, we go away from that. They're suspicious of this lady, but what are they going to do? So she says she, she runs the place. Um, even though it's totally run down, no one stays there anymore, obviously. Um, she gives them some bedrooms. She's like, oh, you know, here's some rooms for you guys. They're made up. And the our, our, our loving couple of Jenny and Danny or whatever his name is, Marty. Um, I like how it's Jenny, Marty, and Chrissy, all these Y ending names. <laughs> I guess it's, I guess it's to make them feel youthful and vivacious, but boy, you you don't really share that with them. <laughs> but they're all old and irritating. <laughs> Which, if you're gonna kill somebody, please kill Chrissy. Exactly, and she dies. You know, I want to say fairly early in the movie, but we're already forty minutes in at this point. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> it just feels early because nothing had happened. Um, <laughs> but so Chrissy and Marty go into the bedroom, and I, where I thought or Jenny and Marty and where I thought Jenny was going to be kind of meek. Um, well, she is. <laughs> she, Marty's like, Oh, I'm just going to go get some waffles or something. And then Jenny's like, you're going to go sleep with Chrissy. Aren't you? Why don't you just admit it when you do stuff like that? And then he's like, oh, I could do whatever I want. You have no say. And it's like, well, she is your girlfriend. So maybe a discussion <laughs> is due, <laughs> but they, you know, they're just having the ridiculous, like, manufactured argument. And he leaves the room to go find Chrissy. But at this point, Chrissy has already left her room and is in the bathing room. And uh, she gets moited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets dunked and then dragged away. And then just when you think she might make it, she gets her throat slit and is thrown from one brother to an identical brother. <laughs> the only difference is the one that's, like, chained up or, like, stuck in a room is the uh is the wendigo i guess (laughs) right and he's uh yeah and he's is he in the basement at this point yes yes he's in the basement i don't think he ever leaves yeah so so christy gets killed in her uh in the bathtub or whatever and marty can't find her so he's like oh i guess i'll go back to my girlfriend and he goes back to jenny who's waiting in the bedroom and she's like all sympathetic and sorry for the fact that he wants to cheat on her and she's upset about it, which is just so it's very frustrating at the end. There's some development, but it's again, one of those things where it's like in the last five minutes, you see her reaction and like feelings towards it. You don't really get a hint of that throughout the rest of it. Like, how did you think 
what, what did you think about that? Like, well, the closest thing we got to foreshadowing about what happens at the end is uh, Marty taunts her about flipping out just like your old lady. So there's like a couple of references to uh, Jenny's mom not being stable mentally. I forgot um, about that, right? But that's about it. Um, and she shows like no signs of being disturbed in any way. So it's right. it's like it's like let's scare Jessica to death with all the relevant scenes cut out. <laughs> exactly. It's like The Shining without any hint of artistic value, and it's like let's scare Jessica to death, but with absolutely no development or foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our review of Ghostkeeper. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So they're they're trying to set up a hint of Jenny and Marty like not having. Uh, a good relationship but jenny being kind of very meek or mild about the issues going on so there's a huge snowstorm and they can't leave uh that's why they're staying for the night and it is new year's so they're trying to like celebrate or whatever if only they had boarded that terror train (laughs) yeah that was new year's too wasn't it Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe we just don't really know but yeah so so chrissy gets fed to the ghoul in the basement and then Honestly, really, like, we just lead into a lot of the movie of just them kind of exploring the house. It's the next day. So many shots of hallways, just like walking through hallways, <laughs> walking through hallways. Like, this I've never is, seen so This many movie is a love life. letter to hallways. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's like, it could be like, like a hallway coffee table book where you just like... <laughs> 600 pages of hallways um and then the uh, marty ends up going outside at one point because he's like you know thinking he wants to get out of here and chrissy's skidoo is gone and his skidoo has been sabotaged um it's like one of the cords is cut or something so he realizes he can't start it and he he's trying to like he he ends up trying to fix his own skidoo and they don't really even wonder where Chrissy is. They they think she left because her skidoo is missing. I think that's what they conclude. Yeah, although I, I think Jenny is a, a little more suspicious. Than Marty is? But Marty's Marty's pretty fine with it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, while Marty's like tooling around with the uh, snowmobile uh we got another bit of foreshadowing as the ghost keeper tells jenny that uh you have to be tough for this job and she considers jenny tough and that she's getting a little too old yeah she's definitely giving us those hints she's giving jenny tea trying to almost befriend her jenny's still freaked out by her the strange lady but you can definitely get the idea that she's hinting she wants you know she thinks Jenny is uh, is the right person to take She's over her ghost job. keeper material. <laughs> if only someone would deem me that worthy. <laughs> you don't want to be crazy up in a in a rural place where you're you're far away from everyone you know. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, maybe I have my very own ghosts up here. Well, no, please visit. <laughs> um. So, yeah, she's drinking her tea. Buddy's out there trying to get the skidoo working. And then what I remember next happening is that uh, uh, someone gets, starts getting chased around with a chainsaw. <laughs> yes, yes, because Jenny, Jenny's been drugged by the tea. And right. what she finds in there, she finds two things. One is a, a newspaper headline talking about how people have been mutilated near the hotel. And the other is a big book that's called Indian Legends of Canada. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's conveniently like dog-eared to a page about a murderous giant. <laughs> Which right. I guess is the Wendigo. Yeah, because Wendigos can be giants, like for sure. Okay. That's like I think the classic Wendigo when it's not like possessing someone or someone isn't being overrun. It's like it's this huge kind of like forest spirit. Yeah, which yeah. we never, absolutely never see or get a hint of. It's just in that book. <laughs> no, I mean unless you have read the Wikipedia entry on Wendigos or are a Wendigo scholar, you will not really understand what's going on in this movie. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> so one of the, I guess it's the other brother or whatever, who while we were watching it, I was not, I thought maybe it was the basement guy, but I guess you're saying it isn't. It's No, it's no, no. He never leaves the basement. So it's, it's the brother with the chainsaw. All right. So the brother has the chainsaw. And who are these guys? Are they like, do they ever say that they're the old lady's children or anything like that? The old lady mentions, the, the ghost keeper mentions that she has a son um, and who's around and we hear her at one point talking to what we assume is the Wendigo. So I think they're both her sons. Or at least one is like in the body of her son, like the Wendigo is, and keeping him alive that way. I don't right. understand. I don't, I confess, I don't know. <laughs> he starts chasing Jenny around with a chainsaw, which why i don't know because it seems like the mother wants jenny to be her replacement mm -hmm. so why she, he's trying to i don't know maybe he's just trying to scare her or see if she's got the chops to be tough or something like i don't know what is happening to marty at that point because he was out in the garage trying to fix that he hasn't died yet has he or not no, died no, but no. been attacked he hasn't been attacked yet no okay right because she ends up going to him kind of frantic about what about what was happening you're gonna have to help me fill this in because i got so lost <laughs> <laughs> no worries so essentially uh jenny uh, she's being chased by the chainsaw brother and uh, she gets all the way up to like this little balcony and while she's hiding out the balcony the chainsaw brother starts creeping towards her but uh she clocks him unawares with the door and he falls off very conveniently and impales himself on a fence instantly dies yes right it's impaled <laughs> and then jenny runs over to marty marty's outside tooling around with the with the snowmobile and the snowmobile explodes i guess there was a rigged explosive but it was like rigged for 20 hours so the snowmobile explodes remember that. how do yeah. i not remember the one explosion in the whole movie <laughs> And so Jane's like, we don't need it. We don't need a snowmobile. We'll, we'll get the shotgun. I found a shotgun while I was snooping around and I found a Wendigo and, and everything. But we'll just use that shotgun and we'll get the hell out of here. And then we get a little bit of hope because the shopkeeper, not to be confused with the ghost keeper, uh, shows up. <laughs> and he is inexplicably walking to the deer lodge shaking his head as if he knows what's going on. Which you think he must. Like he's some kind of harbinger or something. But... His re like what happens to him doesn't seem to indicate that that's the case. <laughs> no, because as soon as he walks into the deer lodge, he's like immediately stabbed by the ghost keeper. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez, not to Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, old Willie's here to save you. <laughs> Very yeah, much so. Then, so yeah, he does. He chases Jenny around with a chainsaw because she found the Wendigo brother in the freezer. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess like they don't want her to know, but they also, but the mother's also like, ah, no, I, I need someone to replace me. So 
So yeah, and then when she goes to find Marty outside, he's like, he's kind of lost it. Marty goes a little bit cuckoo and then like strips off his clothes and just starts running around the wilderness. Yeah, and then like she, he starts wandering around the wilderness, and then Jenny kind of starts. That's when Jenny starts to become like, like come into herself and think that she she needs to take charge. So. And then uh, it's the ghost keeper who shows up and claims to be her mother and says yes just come towards me put down that shotgun i'm your real mom right and but at that point yeah she has her shotgun so she blows her away (laughs) now you would think that jenny would be free and would finally be able to leave the deer lodge but killing the ghost keeper somehow made her the new ghost keeper yeah and It's like, they don't tell you if she's possessed, maybe. They don't tell you what about it. Like, is she possessed or did she gain some kind of knowledge? Because at that point, she goes down to find the quote-unquote Wendigo, who's been locked in that basement. And she is like, don't worry, I'll look after you now. Yeah. But what if he's just some guy who's been abused by his mom his whole life and, like, lives in a (laughs) freezer? (laughs) We what? we have no insight into what he is. We have no insight like into the into if Jenny got possessed or if she just immediately was like, Well, I guess I'm the person now who has to take care of this freezer person instead <laughs> of being like, I'll call nine one one, don't worry. Or was this thing supposed to be more psychological? We were getting the sense that Jenny was having a slow, gradual psychotic break. I don't know. They they yeah, ran no, out of script I to film. I didn't feel that way, because then after she, but then we do get this little hint. She goes and she finds Marty outside. I don't think he's dead at this point. Is he dead at that point? I don't think he's dead. He's just kind of like looking at her, but he's like totally incapacitated. And it's it is hard, hard to, to say. say. <laughs> he's definitely just sitting there like a slug, and he's outside in the cold. And she doesn't seem to have any reaction whatsoever. So she's very cold at this point. But the thing is, it's like it could be. Like, again, we don't know if she's possessed and that's why she has no reaction or if she's just finally realized, like, oh, this guy's a complete a-hole and I don't want to – I don't care that something bad has happened to him. I don't even know if the movie knows. True. (laughs) Because, yeah, she goes back in and she, you know, sits down in the lounge chair in front of the fireplace kind of the same way the old lady would. And then I think the old lady is like, you're the new ghost keeper. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sarah, we uh, we look to these movies to see if there's any particular standout Canadian moment. We call it a scaredage moment. What was yours for Ghost Keeper? Oh, we're jumping right into the scaredage moments, eh? Mm-hmm. You don't want us to sit here and discuss the nuances of Ghost Keeper first? I think we did that. I think <laughs> by pointing out that there's none, we did it. <laughs> for me, the scaredage moment was when... <laughs> And I wish we could have had a recording of it. When you and I were sitting there waiting to watch our movie, all excited with our popcorn and our drinks, and all of it, and, and the credits are rolling through over this snowy background, and all of a sudden Paul Zaza's name popped up, which neither of us knew was going to happen, <laughs> and both of us literally screamed. <laughs> like we both went, <laughs> and there was such pure unadulterated joy and excitement <laughs> an audible cheer was heard throughout both our homes exactly so to me that was, seeing that he was in this movie and our pure 
innocent joy at discovering that was my scared moment. <laughs> <laughs> as tempting as it is to use the big book Indian Legends of Canada, mine was the same thing. It was just seeing Paul Zaza <laughs> and getting so excited by the fact that it's like, hey, if nothing else, Paul Zaza got work. <laughs> exactly. That's uh. true, though. The big book of Canadian legends is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> at least they weren't hiding where they were this time. No, and it's for the best, maybe. I don't know. It's not a very good movie, so it tarnishes Canada's name. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least it doesn't hide how crappily Canadian it is. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so mm. this is a movie that I think definitely it was very cut and dry. That's that's a story, you know, as tale as old a tale as old as time, where it's like Beauty and the Beast. Yep. <laughs> where Jenny's the beauty and <laughs> the Wendigo's the beast. <laughs> And it's just like, you know, it's it's your classic story of people end up at a place they don't know. Th- that lady's taking care of the of she's she's keeping a spirit at bay, but she can't do it for much longer because she's too old, so she needs to find a replacement. You know, there's some tension leading up to that, but in the end that's what happens. It's kind of like a I suppose a dark twist ending. It just doesn't play it out very well. No. It's, it's a story that already, to me, is very predictable. And then when you don't have any nuance to it or anything like that, like you, they lost a lot of how they could have pulled that off. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember us watching it. And as soon as she had mentioned, I'm getting too old for this, you and I were immediately talking about it. It's like, oh, they're setting Jenny up to be the next Ghost Keeper. Exactly. <laughs> Which we had to wait 45 minutes for, but eventually happens. Eventually happens. Yeah. And then, like... You can definitely see because this movie it it not only like it was it was made in Alberta under the tax shelter a whole idea, and like you said it had that bad financial situation, and they didn't like from what I learned about it it was like they 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 lost their budget halfway through or like you know they used it all up but you also heard something about the script right like. Oh yeah, I, basically I'd heard they had they had run out of money one way or another, and they couldn't film like roughly half the script. Right, and that's exactly it. It's like you can almost see, I think, where they used the budget. Like maybe it's all behind the scenes stuff. I don't know, but there's a lot of these really long, beautiful shots of the outdoors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance, and then like who knows? Maybe they're getting that big house in Banff is like it's got to be hard right <laughs> like taking a whole lodge in Banff to use to film your movie in like i don't know yep that's where the special effects budget went the house <laughs> and and who knows but maybe but it's like yeah you can definitely see where it ran out and they just had to fill so much of their movie with like long shots that don't like they just had to fill the time and if they didn't have budget, I guess the way they could do it. There's many ways I think you could pull that off, but they didn't manage to pull it off. They just seemed to stretch it out. Yeah, that's just it. Like you have something that would make like a fun half hour that is like watered down to 90 minutes. And it's pretty <laughs> unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah. And like the uh, the director was saying, like, you know, they wanted they were saying you can pull the plug because you're out of money. And he's like, no way. I'm not pulling the plug. So. I'm just going to wing it day by day. We'll do what we want to. And like, we're just going to create a mood and stuff. Like that was some quote from him I read. Hmm. And it's like, I can see how he was trying to create a mood, but it didn't work. (laughs) No, no, no. Unless that mood was like boredom or anticipation for it's like, are they going to open up all the cabinets? (laughs) 
will 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 Chrissy eventually get to the bathroom? <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. If, if that's the kind of suspense they're building, then a hundred percent successful. But otherwise, no. It led it. It drove us to miss and long for the the driving suspense and energy of a movie like Things. Yes. <laughs> If nothing else, I have a renewed appreciation of things. <laughs> if nothing else, I have a renewed appreciation of Terror Train. <laughs> Any movie where things happen, I suddenly now really appreciate because of Ghost Keeper. Exactly. It set the bar to a new low. <laughs> and I read something here that says there was an alternate opening that was shot by distributors two years after the original the initial production did you hear about that no no not at all do you know what what it was yeah apparently it i guess they were trying to spice it up a little they it was um a man fleeing from the hotel uh and running into the woods until he got like trapped or cornered and then um he gets pinned and killed and you don't know by who because he's getting stabbed by something Mm -hmm. so it's like you assume it's by the wendigo or danny or whatever it was Right, right, right. Or, or not, I guess that wasn't Wendigo, that was the other son. Yeah. Yes, whatever the other son's name was. <laughs> yeah. Son of Ghostkeeper. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you. I can tell, and like, I've read some reviews where it's like, and, and I guess they added that in because they were trying to spice it up a little and try to like, actually make these guys seem like a threat outside of these three people. Like, it's, mm-hmm. try to give them a life outside of that, but oh, we didn't see that opening. And you can see where they were definitely trying to like create a sense of claustrophobia and stuff. And I mentioned this when we were watching it because again, the shining, that's the whole point of it is you're isolated in a snowy cabin all by yourself with just a couple other people. And you start to, you know, feel really claustrophobic and isolated. And yeah, like I, I've seen some reviews that kind of are a little more positive that try to say that is in favor of the movie, but Mm -hmm. I really personally do not think they pulled that off. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. That's a, that's a very generous reading to say. It's like, Oh yes, it feels so claustrophobic. It's like you're really with them in a house. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's very muddled. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. There's not much to it. Like, listen, if watching people drink tea and eat sandwiches is what you want out of a horror movie, ghost keepers, the movie for you. Otherwise (laughs) stay far away. (laughs) And, um, I, since it's because this has become, I think, pretty much like another bit in our podcast where it's like, or another segment, should I say, mm-hmm. um, is this a movie, Adam, that you think deserves to be remade? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good question. Um, no, <laughs> I would say no. Um, if just because like you'd have to come up with a completely different idea around it and it's like well then if all you've got is that it's like well based on the movie Ghostkeeper, it's about a wendigo in a house with a creepy old woman it's like you could just take those ideas and put them into an original story so it's like even if you lean heavily on the influence of Ghostkeeper, yeah. i i still think you'd have to put in so much new stuff that you wouldn't even be able to call it a remake right exactly. unless you were being very very generous to the original creator yeah, that's very true. What about you? Um, I can see easily how this would how this could exist in a good way, but I think it already exists. Like there's like even just shows with anthology episodes that are better than this that target that tackle the idea of, 
you know, an isolated cabin involving a Wendigo. So, so there you go. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be remade because it's our, it already exists in better forms out there. Mm-hmm. Unlike something <laughs> like, you know, Scanner Cop, which doesn't exist out there anywhere and totally deserves to be remade. <laughs> yes, we're demanding more Scanner Cop content for this podcast. <laughs> Gotta find a way to bring it up. <laughs> but yeah. Well, uh, I guess we've said everything that we could say about Ghost Keeper. Uh, Sarah, if people want to get in touch with us, where can they do so? They can find us on Twitter. Um under the hashtag scaritage wait what <laughs> under isn't it hashtag no, no no it's not hashtag it's the <laughs> at symbol <laughs> yeah they can they can find us at scaritage i old um, <laughs> s-c-a-r-e-i-t-a-g-e and they can also email us um scaritage at megaphonic.fm nope <laughs> <laughs> wait that's the website <laughs> no it's not it's no, megaphonic.fm slash scaritage Yes, that's the website. Where can they email us? Scaritage. Nope. Scare Mm -hmm. at megaphonic.fm. You did it. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put the itage on. Just put scare. (laughs) Much easier that way. (laughs) Scare at megaphonic.fm. All right. And they can go to the website. Yep. So megaphonic.fm slash scaritage. And that's our banner. And they can find this episode, every other episode we've made, and um, all of the show notes, which are always great because Adam makes them and they're super detailed and they have a lot of fun stuff. You'll find everything referenced if if we referenced anything at all here today. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The Final Destination movies. (laughs) And maybe something about Scanner Cop 2. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And The Shining. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, now that brings us to what we'll be looking at next time. And and Sarah, Ghostkeeper has us covered for September. It's our back to school episode. But uh, I think I have something special for October. Yeah, I was going to pick something really fun for my birthday month, and then I didn't realize that Ghostkeeper was going to be the birthday month one. (laughs) Aww, I'm so sorry. (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, my birthday month was Terror Train. That's true. Hey, that's better than Ghostkeeper. (laughs) You have Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) And that cool Groucho Marx mask. Exactly. Well, I think we'll have a lot more fun with another movie I know nothing about. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, called Blood Relatives. And it's got Donald Sutherland in it. What? Yeah. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun and perhaps even uh, some other surprise names in there that that, uh, you may enjoy. There might be some good stuff. From what I understand, it's a French-Canadian horror, and uh, we haven't done too many of those. (laughs) So why not? And what, uh, is it in French? No, it's English. Okay. And what um what year is it? It's early eighties, I think. I think we're still in still the in early eighties. I'll double check. Oh, nineteen seventy eight. Ooh, going a little back. <laughs> yes, yes. So blood relatives. 
All right. I'm yeah, excited. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It's uh, from a, a director named Claude Chabrol, who I've never heard of before. All of this is totally new to me. Um, I'm tempted to say the poster looks interesting, but you Uh-oh. know what? That's led us astray before. <laughs> yeah, I no longer trust the poster move. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we'll have fun. I think we'll have a lot more fun this time. I think it'll be a real movie with a real script that got filmed. Awesome. Well, that's outrageous, but okay, I'll believe you for now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But until next time, this is Adam Clark. And this is Sarah Chamberlain. And if I get very tired, I trust one of you listeners will be able to take up the podcast mantle for me. Wait, what? (laughs) You know, like the ghost keeper. (laughs) This is so disappointing. There's a ghost keeper and a shopkeeper, and yet at no point do they fight like the crypt keeper and the vault keeper over who gets to tell tonight's scary story. I know. They could have given us anything about that shopkeeper. Something a little more, you know, but again, they just wanted to be the shining. Yeah. Pure disappointment. <laughs> All right, excellent. I also got up, and so the sound you're hearing is me pouring a glass of Diet Pepsi. Oh, perfect. (laughs) What, was there more tofu work to do? (laughs) No, I grabbed a little snack. (laughs) Ah, What have you got? Um, They're weird. They're just these little, um, like, they're called fruit and nut nibbles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I trust anything that's called nibbles. It's kind of like a trail mix, but with like mm-hmm. dates in it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I saw possibly the most unappealing name for a snack online, which is that there was, you know, those great veggie sticks, um, mm-hmm. you know, those potato chips, but they're made out of all sorts of different vegetables. Yep. I love those. I love those too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a an all pea version of those <laughs> that are made out of peas. I think I've had those. But they're called Pitos. Oh. Like Cheetos, but peas. <laughs> I definitely have not seen that. Oh, the worst. Pitos. That's awful. Okay, this is like cat owner humor that you might not appreciate. Okay. <laughs> the way uh, when people have stupid baby humor, I'm just like, ugh, cringe. But <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my last cat, Sid, mm-hmm. um, he he was a, he was a chonky boy. Yeah. And uh he sometimes when he peed in the litter box, he would get a little bit of pee on himself. <laughs> and uh Oops, hello. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I turned the the thing off. Um and when he'd come out of the litter box and I'd see that there was a little bit of litter stuck to him, I referred to him as pee paw because he would have pee on his paw. Oh, <laughs> so cute. he was my little pee paw. And pee toe sounds exactly like that. It's like you peed on your toe accidentally. <laughs> he did. That's that's <laughs> his spirit lives on in a snack, sir. In a snack. <laughs> that's perfect for him. <laughs>